Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa, www.islamhouse.com. It's pleased to present to you this lecture. My dear brothers and sisters, may Allah have mercy on all of you. Today's talk is not about today's talk is not about the evils of illicit sexual activity. It is not going to be a talk about why it is haram. The verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has condemned it and prohibited it. It is not going to be a talk about the evils of teenage pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases and the breakup of families and society that is caused by fornication and adultery. This is all the book is about. Nor is this talk about the evils of drug addiction and alcoholism. We are not going to go through the verses of the Quran and the hadiths of the Prophet and statistics showing repeatedly again and again the damage that alcohol, drugs, intoxication caused upon the individual and the society. Nor is this a talk about the verses of the Quran and the Hadith of the Prophet that prohibit the musical instruments and all the evils associated with music, dancing, the pop culture, and so on and so forth. No. In fact, this talk is not about any of those musicals. Except indirectly. It's not that this talk will not be about sex and drugs and rock and roll. But we want to talk about something much more deep, much more fundamental, and much more significant than all of that. Because this phrase, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, is a catchphrase. It's what we call a catchphrase. And this phrase sums up a mentality, a way of thinking, a way of acting, a way of behaving. It is an attitude to life. And it is this attitude to life that we want to talk about today. The attitude of sex and drugs and rock and roll. What is that attitude? Because that is the philosophy, the ideology, the concept, the idea that we are taught in this society in which we live. We can call it the Western society. We could call it the consumer society. We could call it the materialistic society. But in reality we find that it is this culture the culture of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So what does this society tell us? What does this ideology tell us? It tells us this. There's no God. There's no God. There's no paradise. There's no hellfire. There's no day of judgment. These things are not real. You have one life, and when you die, you are going to be in your grave, and you won't meet any God, and you won't meet any day of judgment, so you can forget about all of that stuff, and what you should do is enjoy your life. Live your life to the max. 
enjoy it because you've only got one life and if you want paradise you better find your paradise right here right now that's what they tell us that is the message of this society that's what we are being bombarded with that's what we are being brainwashed with 24 hours a day 365 days a year we are being brainwashed and indoctrinated with this religion because it is a religion it's a religion an ideology a concept of life just like any other it has its books its prophets its gods and its goddesses its theologians its priests just like any other religion and it is organized and it wants to convert mankind to this religion to this ideology this is what we want to talk about this is what we want to talk about today so as I said we are bombarded 24 hours a day 365 days a year with this message buy this buy that drink this drink that be like this and be like that and you will have all the success and the happiness that you desire this they say is the way to success this they way say is the way to happiness by surrounding yourself with the goods of the world by surrounding yourself with all these possessions with all these things and by doing that and having that you will be happy I remember in England they used to have an advert an advertisement, a big poster and in the UK they have these huge posters and this poster was of a beautiful tropical island there was a blue sky blue seas a beautiful white sandy beach palm trees hanging down on either side two bikini clad girls walking down the beach and the caption read a rainy Sunday night in Peco if you are drinking a garden what was it saying? it was saying that it could be the worst type of weather the worst type of weather and the worst time of the day it's rainy and it's night time and worst of all it's Sunday Sunday night is the worst night it is the worst time of the week because Monday is the day when you have to go back to school back to work back to 9 to 5 back to the boring old job back to that dull lifeless existence it's Sunday night it's rainy and worst of all you're in a place called Peckham now I used to live in Peckham actually and I promise you Peckham is a really nasty place it's a really nasty place you couldn't think of a more depressing dull violent it is horrible so they really chose the right place so this is what he said a rainy Sunday night in Peckham but if you are drinking Bacardi Bacardi is what? it's an alcoholic drink it's a rum if you're drinking Bacardi it will be like you're in paradise yes that's what the advert is saying you drink our drink you have our product so what do they do? they have this advertisement for selling washing up powder to wash your clothes 
What do they do? They have this housewife. She is so beautiful. And her house is so spacious and clean and spotty. Drive this car. Have this drink. Buy this product. And of all the products that I think is the best example is Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola because they even call it the Coca-Cola culture. Coca-Cola is the symbol of America, symbol of consumerism, symbol of the American way of life, Coca-Cola. They say that more people drink Coca-Cola than they do water. Coca-Cola. And then you see again on the television the advertisements. It tells you Coke is the real thing. Coke is it. Coke is life. So what do you see in this advertisement? You see this man drinking Coca-Cola. It's hot. And he's drinking this nice cool ice cool Coke. And this man is so perfect. He is so beautiful. His muscles are rippling. You can count his six-pack on his stomach. And there he is. He's drinking his nice cool ice cool coke. And then you get a shot of this woman. Blonde, white. Well, she's brown, but she's brown-white. <laughs> the right type of brown, okay? So there she is, the brown white woman, and she is beautiful. Again, no fat, 34, 32, I don't know the statistics, right? This is right. Again, she is drinking the nice, cool, ice, cool soap. And you look at that, and you say, yeah. You say, I want some of that. What do you want? What do you want some of? You want some of that caramel-colored carbonated water? No. You want some of that beautiful man and that beautiful woman. That's what you want. And so there you see them in the advertisement. This, this man and this woman, young, new, wild, beautiful, not, you couldn't get any fat on them, right? But you know it's a big lie. It's a big lie. Because the reality is, if you drink Coca-Cola, you get fat. You don't get thin and young and beautiful and brown. You get fat. Coca-Cola makes you fat. It doesn't make you young and beautiful. But you see people, you see people, they're not really selling you a drink. They're selling you a lifestyle. They're selling you an ideology. They're selling you a way of thinking. That's what they're selling to you. And that's across the board. That is across the board. That's how it goes. And I said, they want to convert the world to their religion. At the present time, at this present time, we have 17%, one seventh, 17% of the world's population consuming 70% of its resources. In other words, 70% of the world's food oil, chemicals, minerals, water, everything, the world's resources. 70% of it is being consumed by 17% of its population. What 17% is that? That is the 17% that lives in Canada, in the United States of America, and in the Western European countries. That's why they call them the consumer society. People are starving and dying all over the world. Yet in America, 
You cannot see hardly a thin person. This is the thing. Consume, consume. Buy, buy. Purchase, purchase. And there's always the latest thing with the latest gadget that you have to get. Whether it's a computer, now your Pentium 2, DMX, well, MMX they call it, right? 200 megahertz is out of date because now they bought the Pentium 3.5 triple XD 500 megahertz and you think that your computer is slow. So you have to buy the next one. The next stereo comes out with a mega bass extra super woofer goofer from it. So wait a minute, that's not good enough. My bass woofer, I need an extra bass woofer goofer super. Right? Your shim shoes are not good enough anymore because you can't stick a little pump in and pump them up. You want a pump up one. You want to be like Michael Jordan flying through the air and dunking his basketball or whatever. So this is the thing. What they're telling you is buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, get this, get that. What you've got is not good enough anymore. We have advanced technologically so fantastic you must get the new product. And this thing, these sneakers they bought, they haven't even, you know, they even like worn out on the blood, they sit in the bottom of the floor and they want the next one. Maybe they just get thrown away. Consumer society. And they don't even know whether to throw their rubbish in. This is what's taking place. But you know, the thing is, that this is destroying our world. Because these people, who do this, they never seem to be happy. They're never happy. The more they buy, the more they want. And they never get enough. They never get enough. They're never happy with what they've got. And they always have to have more and more and more and more. And this is what they want to convert the world to. But in fact, it, they can't work with 17% are consuming 70% of the world's resources, if 100% of the world was converted to this way of living, then what would happen? <coughs> so, I said, they want to convert the world, surely they do. Because the more people they get buying, consuming, the more money it is for them. And they have, as I told you, their books, their theologians, their priests, they have their theology. In other words, they have already explained the meaning of life, according to them. According to them, the meaning of life is this. They have now figured out that we are descended from monkeys. Right? No, actually they say that to be accurate, we and monkeys are descended from a common primate. That's what they say. It called, it's called the theory of evolution. The theory of evolution tells us that we have evolved from this monkey animal. Now, you know, you may find it not difficult to accept in the case of Mr. Clinton or some other particular people that they have evolved from such creatures, but to say myself, I don't think so. However, it's not merely a scientific theory. It is not merely a scientific theory. You see, the theory of evolution is very central and important to their whole attitude and their whole understanding of their consumer society. Why? Because you know what they're saying is this. But basically, we are animals. You and me are just advanced monkeys. But basically, we are monkeys. So what makes a monkey a happy monkey? Yeah. How do you get a monkey to be a happy monkey? You give a man monkey a woman monkey? Will you give a woman monkey a man monkey? Give the monkey some bananas, 
He's the one he saved from the predators and from the harmful effects of the environment, the rain and the wind and the whatever, and you have got a happy monkey. So this is what they think is going to make human beings happy. You give the human beings sex, and don't worry, if you can't find someone from the opposite sex to gratify your animal instincts with, it's okay, you can do it now with someone of the same sex. Yes. Because now, homosexuality has been made lawful. You can want to make sure everybody's happy, right? And don't worry, soon, if you're still not satisfied, then you're going to be able to have virtual sex with a computer. <laughs> this is in the pipeline. It is in the pipeline. We love that it's the reality. You're going to be able to put on a bodysuit that has various pressure points, and that's what they say. They're going to have mates on the computer now. Right? As for food, this society claims, yes, we've given everybody food, we've given everybody shelter, we've provided them with the basic needs of life. According to them, we human beings should now be happy. Our animal instincts are provided for. We should be satisfied. And you find every American, every politician in the West, Every politician in the West, they talk about one thing, the economy. The economy. We must have a good economy. We must have more money. We must have more wealth. We must generate more, more wealth. Why? Because that is their equation. To them, wealth equals happiness. Wealth equals happiness. That is their equation. If you have wealth, you are happy. A wealthful society equals a happy society. Equals wrong. This is not true. In fact, this is a great lie. Money does not make people happy. It doesn't. And the proof is, if you examine the lives of some of the richest people that we find living in the West. If you look at Rockefeller, Howard Hughes, Alexander Onassis, look at the biography of the Getty family, I don't think there is anyone in this room who would be and want to step in their place and have all of their millions and millions of, of dollars and be as miserable as they want to be. Because you tell me, you tell me, what is it going to benefit you? What is it going to benefit you if you have millions and millions of pounds and you are not happy? What is it going to benefit you if you have huge amounts of wealth and you are not happy? You would rather be sitting in the gutter. You would rather be sitting in the gutter and be happy than have millions of pounds and be miserable, or millions of dollars and be miserable. That's the reality. So, wealth does not need to happen. And in fact, just like Coca-Cola, and just like the Coca-Cola adverts, we find that what this society is setting up is a lie. It is a lie. They are lying to themselves, and they're lying to humanity. The consumer society is in fact destroying humanity as individuals and destroying humanity as a society. And the proof is, the proof is what we can see with our own eyes. As I said, all of this money, all of this wealth, all of this achievement, all of these material possessions never seem to make these people happy. In fact, we find that they spend 
huge amounts of time and huge amounts of money trying to forget reality and run away from it. You see, when I was a young man, it used to happen like this. Someone would come home, or you would come back to school, 12 o'clock at night. He would be sick. He would be sick like that, right? And fall asleep in a pool of his own sin. He would wake up in the morning, and he would say, Whoa! I had such a good time last night. You say you had a good time? He said, what did you do? He said, I don't remember. That's why I had such a good time. I got so drunk that I don't remember what I did. In other words, he became in such a state of intoxication, he lost his mind. He forgot. And in fact, even if we look at the words that they use, look at the words they use. For when they reach their state of intoxication, whether it is with drugs or with alcohol or something, what do they say? They say, I got stoned. Stoned. What is that describing? A stone is an inanimate object that doesn't think and that doesn't feel. I got wasted. I was high on cloud nine. I was drunk. I was out of it. In fact, you find that they describe states of self-annihilation. Self-annihilation. In other words, they have reached a state of escaping from themselves. And that's exactly what we find Hollywood, TV, escapism. Escapism. That's what it is. Fantasy and escapism. All of these films, these cartoons, these pop operas, in fact, what do they provide except escapism and fantasy? The someone can go down there, sit in front of that cinema screen, sit in front of that TV screen, and forget about reality. They can escape into their fantasy world. And they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars producing these films and they don't care because they know that what they spend, they're going to make huge amounts more back. This is how desperate the people are. And then they go to the disco. They go to the disco. Or the rain, or flooding, or whatever you call it these days, I don't know. Flooding or house. I don't know what some thing. Anyway, once upon a time, seems like a long time ago, maybe about a few years ago, in England, I don't know right here in Canada, right? But in England, the big thing is what they call rain, right? What they would do is people, literally thousands of people, would somehow pass information from one to the other, and they would gather in some remote part of the countryside. They would arrive with speakers, with everything, and they would have this big party. And it would go on from nighttime all the way until the morning. Just dancing and dancing and dancing the whole night long. Sometimes we take over warehouses and stuff like that. They call them rings. And I remember, I remember that I was once watching this documentary about exactly that race. I was watching this documentary and they were interviewing this guy. And this guy, this guy was covered in sweat from his, his t-shirt was soaking wet, his hair was soaking wet, and they were interviewing and it was seven o'clock in the morning. And behind him the music was still playing and people were still dancing. At seven o'clock in the morning. Right, in my days, you know, we could go back three, four, maybe it's a lesson, right? These guys were still going at seven o'clock in the morning. And they were asking him, why? Why do you do this? Why do you dance and come here and dance all night? He says, I work all week. My life is boring. 
it's miserable, and I come here, and I dance, and I dance, until I lose myself. I get lost in the music, in the atmosphere. And, you know, this is how he's describing it. He doesn't, he's not an individual anymore, he's not himself anymore, he just becomes part of the music, part of the whatever it is. The point I want to make here is look at this. What we find in the reality is that far from being merely advanced monkeys who all we need is, you know, sexual gratification, food and shelter, and that's enough. Rather, no, we find that we human beings spend vast amounts of money, vast amounts of time, in fact, to the degree that we are ready to deprive ourselves of those so-called basic necessities, those animal needs that we have, we are ready to deprive ourselves of those things in order to escape, in order to satisfy some other needs that we have. So you find drugs, they will be ready to sleep on the street, not to eat for days, and be in that state for what? For drink. Or others for music. Or others for various other things. We have our fashion worshippers, our beauty worshippers. Look at it. Look how devoted people are. There are girls, I'm sure, right now, in this country, in England and America. Probably thousands of girls, right this minute, putting their hands down their throats and making themselves sick. Why? Because they want to look thin. They want to look like that supermodel, Naomi Campbell, Iman. Huh? They want to look like Cindy Crawford, Eleanor McPherson. They want to look thin and beautiful like that because they believe as society has brainwashed them and indoctrinated them into believing that if you are beautiful like they are beautiful, you will be successful, you will be happy, you will have what you want in life. So they are actually ready to kill themselves for that. Because that's what they're doing. They're killing themselves. And many times they do die of anorexia. They die. People die for this. This is indoctrination. This is brainwashing. With what? With falsehood. You have Cindy Crawford married to Richard Gere. And one the guy all the whole is Buddhist Richard Gere. I don't know if supposed to be a Buddhist, right? The guy he found Cindy Crawford was not enough for him. I mean, Cindy Crawford was not enough for him. He decided to marry someone else. So it didn't do that much good being a fourth or most beautiful women in the world or whatever. But you know, people don't think about that. They just see these supermodels and that they must be successful. They must be happy. But that's not the reality. That's not how it really is. And what we find again, let's look at these gods and these goddesses of the consumer society. Let's take two examples. Everybody probably knows these two people. One I want to take as an example is Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was this very famous, very, they called her, you know, the sex goddess. The beautiful, rich, famous, successful Marilyn Monroe. So there she was. Beautiful, rich, successful, famous. How did she die? How did Marilyn Monroe die? She killed herself. She committed suicide. Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, not the prince, the king. He died when he was 40 years old. 40 years old. He was handsome, he was rich, he was famous. What more is a human being supposed to want according to this society? Yeah, how did he die? He died because he used to take so many drugs. At 40 years old, he died. Because he was taking drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, drugs to wake him up in the morning, 
drugs at a certain amount in the day, when he felt depressed he would take drugs, when he felt too happy he would take other drugs to calm him down, and then he have to take more drugs to put him to sleep at night. <laughs> Does this sound like a happy, contented human being? The point is this of all of this, is that what you must understand is it is a life. And you, I'm sure, know more examples. There's Kurt, what's that his name? Kurt Cobain, who killed himself from Nirvana, and the other one from In Excess, or was it Total Excess, or I can't remember, right? I can't even remember what's his name. Huh? Michael Hutchinson, how do you know something like that? <laughs> And then there was this guy, Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, he was going out with Billy H, who used to be married to Saint Bob Geldo. Right? What did he do? Cut himself. He killed himself. Then you have, what's his name? Tommy Lee Jones, Lee Jones, something married to Pamela Anderson. Decided to beat her up and smash his shit up. I mean, these are supposed to be the people that we want to be like that. These are the people they set in front of us, the successful ones, the ones who have made it, the ones who have achieved it. These are their examples they put forward. The reality is, we find that this society is an evidence against Israel. It itself is a proof that its philosophy, its ideology, its concept is false. It's a lie. Wealth, beauty, fame does not equal happiness. It does not make success in life. And it shows that we human beings are more than just animals. We are not just animals. We are not just advanced monkeys. Because those material things are not enough to make us happy. The human being is always searching for something. It's as if we can never be satisfied with the world and the things of this world. And indeed we find that's exactly what the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, what he said. Nothing will fill the belly of the son of Adam until the dust of his grave. The only thing that was still in belly is the dust of his grave. If he had a mountain of gold, he would want another mountain of gold. But there are some people who are expected from that. Some people who have understood something about life, about reality. That there is more to the life than these things. But this is not the reason of life. This is not why we're here. This is not the purpose of our existence. Because there is something else about the human being. Something we are searching for. Something that we want to know. A great question that needs to be answered. And that's the question we ask. That's the question we always ask. Wherever we go, we ask this. Why are we here? What is the purpose of our existence? What is life all about in reality? Are we just here to have a good time? Are we just here to so-called enjoy ourselves? To eat and drink and be merry? To live the life as they call it, sex, drugs and rock and roll? Is that what it's for? Do you really believe that? And that's what I always do. I ask, what is the purpose of your life? What is the reason for your existence? And you will see how many times, ask your friends at school. Ask your friends, your atheist, materialistic friends, who never want to talk about religion. That's what I always hear. Ask them. What is the reason for your existence? Why do you exist? They may say, oh, I exist because, oh, of my girlfriend. My girlfriend, how much? Please, 
Let's get out the violins, you know. Do you exist because of your girlfriend? Yes. You know, he exists with his girlfriend until his girlfriend chucked him. Then he goes, well, what's it all for? Why am I here? The same thing, the girl, she exists for her boyfriend until he leaves her. Then, oh, what's the purpose of life? What's it all for? Someone exists to be a doctor or an engineer or this, until that lets them down. They don't get what they thought their life was for. And then they suddenly realize that, no, that's not the purpose of existence. That's not the purpose of life. So when you ask them that, don't let them give you some answer like, no, I want to achieve that. They say, no, I'm not asking you what you want to achieve in life. I'm not asking you what you want to do with your life. I'm asking you, why do you exist in the first place? Why are you and me here as human beings? Why? Because doesn't everything have a purpose? Think about it. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason for which it exists. I'll ask a simple question. This. See this what I'm holding in my hand? Can you all see it? Huh? What is it? What's it for? So it has a purpose, right? I have something else here. Thank you very much. I have something, what's this? Yeah, it's actually it's a, a captive calculator version. It's a watch. And what does a watch do? Right, you see these things I'm pointing to here? Actually, underneath these things there. What's that? What does it do? Ah, okay. Listen, if you think about everything, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your teeth, your toes, your hands, if you think about every single individual part of your body, you will find every bit of it has a purpose. It has a reason for which it exists. The pen has a purpose. The watch has a purpose. The sun and the moon and the stars and the trees and the animals all have a purpose. What is our purpose? Why are we here as human beings? Ask that question. What is the reason for our existence? And some people, most people will look at you and go, you know, like, what? No one ever asked them that question before. And it's amazing because this pen made of plastic worth what? 30 cents? 50 cents? It has a purpose? And you don't have a purpose? You mean the pen is worth more than you? Because the pen has a purpose and you don't. Your watch has a purpose and you don't. Your sneakers have a purpose and you don't. So maybe you're worth more than even a bone on your body. What is the purpose of the human being? And then the other question comes. How are we ever going to find the answer to this question? How are we going to know the reason for which we exist? What way are we going to employ it to find out? Well, to cut the long story short, there's only one way you can know. There's plenty of ways to get but there's only one way to know. And the only way to know the reason for which you exist is when the one who gave you existence, the one who created you, who knows you better than you know yourself, when he tells you, I created you for this reason. And I only know one book, and believe me, I have studied many books about many religions. I only came ever across one book that told me definitely, clearly, the reason why I existed, and that is the Quran. And the Quran says, for our colors to Allah created the human beings and the jinn only so they should worship Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they should worship Allah. That means, let's put it in black and white, simple language. I exist and you exist for one reason. 
Now that is to worship Allah. You don't exist for any other reason. Allah didn't mention any other reason for your existence. He created you only for that reason. In fact, anything else you do in your life is a waste of time. In fact, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi he said, the world and everything in it is cursed. The dunya, the world, and everything in it is cursed. Meaning Allah's mercy has been removed from it, except the scholar, the scholar of the religion. The student of knowledge. The student of knowledge of the religion. And the remembrance of Allah. The remembrance of Allah and everything that helps you to do that. Everything in the world is just except the scholar and the student of knowledge and the remembrance of Allah and that which helps you to do those things. Because we have been created to worship Allah. And what is ibadah? What is worship? Worship can be defined as, and this is one of the best definitions of worship, every act Every action, whether it is of the heart or the limbs, this is an action that is loved by Allah and is pleasing to Allah, that is worship. Every action that is loved by Allah and is pleasing to Him, whether of the heart or the limbs, that is an act of worship. So our in life, brothers and sisters, may Allah have mercy on you. It's not sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's not just eating and drinking and living and working and playing. The purpose of life, the reason for which he exists, is to try our utmost to make every feeling, every belief, Every thought, every action, everything we do with our hands, with our feet, everything we say with our tongues, everything we look at, everything we listen to, something that Allah loves and is pleased with. That is the purpose of our life. And worship encompasses all of those things. And you know what? What is so fantastic? We are so lucky. You know what? We don't have to get how to do it. Imagine! DHL, not on your foot, but DHL is here, right? You know who DHL is, right? Imagine a postman knocks on your door and he opens it and he gives you a big parcel. And you open it up and inside is something you've never seen before. You don't know what to do with it. So you look at this thing, it's got maybe some plugs and some wires and some bits and pieces. It looks very interesting. So you're looking through the box, and what are you looking for in the box? What are you looking for in the box? The expressions. Because without it, you don't know how to work this thing. Allah, He sent us the instructions. He said, this is the purpose of your life, and here is how to fulfill your creative purpose. That's why he sent messages. That's why he sent the Quran. That's why he sent his last and final messenger, Muhammad, so Allah, to teach us how to worship Allah, and who is the better worshiper of Allah, and who is the better example of how to worship Allah than the Prophet Muhammad, so Allah, so he sent us the Qur'an, and he sent us the explanation of the Qur'an, he sent us a perfect example, so we could try to follow and emulate. So that we wouldn't have to guess 
how to fulfill our creative purpose. Oh, brothers and sisters, think about that. Allah has taught us the reason for which He created us, and then He explained to us how to fulfill that creative purpose. So surely you must understand why those people who turn away from such guidance, who turn away from such knowledge, Allah calls them worse than the cattle, worse than the cows, worse than the sheep, worse than the dogs. Those people who turn away from that garden, they are worse than the animals. Because brothers and sisters, look at our universe and look at our world and look at our universe and children. We find everything submits to Allah. The sun submits to Allah and His laws. The stars, the trees, the animals, the rain, the wind, everything is in submission to Allah and the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we human beings, we find that human beings are mostly in rebellion to Allah, mostly in rebellion to his laws. So my brothers and sisters, you must understand and you must comprehend the purpose of life, the reason for which we exist. And we must try to fulfill with all our energy at our disposal our creative purpose. And we say that all the praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all the thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has guided us from His mercy to how to fulfill our creative purpose. So we have no excuse therefore to be misguided and to be misled by this world and the things of this world and by those people who call us not to the worship of Allah but who call us to the worship of themselves, of their societies, of their ideologies. So we seek Allah to count out of protection from that, and we ask you to guide us upon the Surah of Musafim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ta'afidin wa In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyadh, 114-57, Saudi Arabia. Phone, 445-4900. Also, 491-6065. If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.